Vikings 27, Giants 20. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. The Giants lose and a playoff spot is not clinched, Justin. And honestly, we should be celebrating the playoffs on this on this podcast. This should be a very fun podcast. Should be celebrating the Giants clinch the playoff spot. Maybe we'll get to play the Vikings again. And it's like I feel good about playing this team. But unforced errors are why we are gonna hit sit here and recap a Giants loss. Yeah, that that sucked, man. <laughs> that that really sucked. I have not been this frustrated over a Giants loss in quite some time. Um, and in a way, I had this moment of being really frustrated with the loss, but then also thinking about, wow, isn't it really cool that we're at the end of December and we're thinking about how mad we are at a Giants loss because, you know, playoffs are on the line, this is on the line, that's on the line, and Man, do I hope that we see those freaking lucky-ass Minnesota Vikings again. Uh, but let's talk about this game. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, just frustrated. Three losses over the last five years on 60-plus yard field goals. That's, I think, only in that time span. No team has had more than one. And you just knew it was going in. Like, as soon as it oh, yeah. went off his foot, as soon as it went off his foot, I had no, like, is it long enough? I'm like, as, as, as long as it was in the middle, I was like, it's good. It's good. And he had it by a few yards. Um, but again, unforced errors are why the Giants lost this game. And it finished with the Justin Jefferson 17-yard screen. And it started with Daniel Bellinger fumbling the ball at the 23-yard line. The number eight red zone offense. This Giants is really good at converting touchdowns once they get in the red zone. Got in the red zone. Daniel Bellinger fumbled the ball. That's a that's a minimum of three points taken off the board right there, Justin. And they were rolling. Is, like that 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 was the first offensive drive that the Giants really, really got rolling. So that fumble uh really took a lot of, you know, didn't even take a lot of momentum out because the Giants were just starting to establish any kind of momentum. I think they were gonna they were gonna put seven points on the board that drive, no doubt. Yeah, and again, they're the number one eight they're the number eight red zone offense in the NFL. Um and they end up scoring a touchdown on the on the following drive. Yep. Cordell Flott drops an interception. They end up going and scoring a touch, and not like a you know it's like he had it in his hands and then dropped it coming down. Not just like a Nick McLeod dropped interception versus Commanders last week, where it's like you can't you can't count that on the board. Like he had it in his hands. They went to commercial break. The ball's intercepted. We come back to reviewing it. It's like up oh, nope he it, it fumbled on his way down. Can't that have sucked. that. <laughs> they they convert two third downs on that drive. End up going up seventeen thirteen score touchdown. That's a huge swing right there, Justin. Then Daniel Jones' interception, which we'll talk about more when we talk about him individually. It would have been second and 10 at the 32-yard line. Instead, the Vikings get the ball back. Now, they turned it over on down, so it wasn't the most consequential of them, but still nonetheless. Then, five minutes and 50 seconds left. It's 17, it's 17 to 13. Richie James drops in a wide open third down pass. DJ versus the Blitz. We have to kick a field goal. We're still down by one, 17 to 16. Then you get the ball back. DJ puts a tight throw in the Hodgins on third down. Can't can't bring it in. A block punt. They score a touchdown 24-16. And then at third and 11 with 19 seconds left, no timeouts for the Vikings. They get 17 yards. They spike the ball, kick the field goal, and go home and, and go to their homes happy. And the Giants fly back to Jersey. Miserable. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty good summary there, Bobby. <laughs> it's it sucks. I mean, it was it was like a it was like a five minute monologue of talking about like all the and again, there's mistakes in every game, but these are like unforced errors. 
by the Giants. And it really sucks when, again, they are the number two seed in the NFC. This is a good Vikings team. You know, are they are they great? No, I don't know. But they're a really good, uh, really good team with a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. This team has talent. And the Giants outplayed them. They outplayed them and lost the game. Daniel Jones had a great performance and the Giants lost the game. How many times have we heard that? You know, DJ went 30 of 42, 334 yards, a touchdown interception, four carries, 34 yards, and a huge drop. But, I mean, he was he was playing really well, Justin, and it, it really sucks. This should be this should be a game where we're just, yes, go Daniel Jones. Big game. Giants needed it coming off of a primetime win, and we're talking about a loss, and we're doing this. Ah, Daniel Jones played well despite the freaking loss. Yeah, so I guess we'll just we'll just get right into Dan- Daniel Jones. Uh, why not? The interception I think is what's it's what's going to define the day. I guess just in terms of w- wins and losses, but just overall, I thought the way that the passing offense was operating, the way that the passing offense was kind of moving throughout the day, uh, getting five. I think there were a total of. Five plays of 20-plus yards, four out of the five of them were through the air, and Jones was uh, throwing to three different receivers for those four out of the five explosive uh, plays that we had this game. So Jones played really well, man. And, you know, he – I think you said this, and I and I do agree with it. I think today was a day where the rest of the team kind of let him down. Let him down. Oh, let absolutely. down a very, a very, very good performance, methodical performance by Daniel Jones. It's just unfortunate that you know that that big mistake that he had is gonna, you know, it's it's part of what defines this day for the Giants. Well, I don't even think the throw was a mistake, which we can break down the interception. But the, in a game, in a in a day where Daniel Jones picked the team up, he he was let down by then. Um, you know, and that interception was the right decision on that throw. And here's what's frustrating about this offense is DJ's kind of got to be perfect for it to succeed, right? Yeah. You know, uh, it has it has since it has to be perfect because that was the right decision on that throw, but the ball was slightly behind Hodgins. Like that ball needed to be, you know, a, you know three three feet further out for Hodgins to get that ball out there. But that's a route on that over route play action that you're supposed to create separation on that over route. On that crossing route, you're supposed to, you know, you're you're supposed to create separation. It shouldn't have to be a perfect throw. It could be slightly behind him, because if Peterson's not right in that hip, that's that's a completion, you know. But because Hodgins and we'll talk about the receiver room as a whole, because I, I had some I had some pushback against some, you know, the the total, you know, the thoughts on on the wide receiver room. If if he can get just even a little bit of separation, that ball is a big chunk completion. But nonetheless, DJ. He he does need to throw that put that ball out a little ahead of him, but outside of that, I mean, he played damn near perfect. You know, he had that huge drop by Richie James. I mean, not only like he was manipulating the pocket very beautifully with Evan Neal having some real struggles. I thought the rest of the offensive line played pretty damn well. Um, you know, especially the left side. You know, Feliciano and Glowinski had some. Uh, a yeah, Glowinski Glowins- had some had some. Uh, there was a stunt that they ran in like in the second half and Glowinski just totally let somebody run right right by him. But you mentioned Daniel Jones manipulating the pocket. That Isaiah Hodgins touchdown. I mean that was just the most beautiful example of it. And even the Daniel Bellinger two point conversion, which I don't what know how beautiful pa- throw. I don't know how Patrick Peterson doesn't <laughs> doesn't tip that pass, but Daniel Jones puts enough touch on it. You know, Daniel Bellinger's big and tall, throw it up there for him. And the ability to stay calm while rolling 
outside the pocket and extending and, you know, manipulating that play. Uh, that was a weakness that Daniel Jones has had in years past. And a lot of people have called out Daniel Jones's lack of ability to improvise. And some of those plays, you know, two, two of the biggest plays that we had today, the Isaiah Hodgins touchdown, and then the two point conversion to tie the game. Uh, you know, those were beautiful examples of Daniel Jones manipulating that pocket, not just manipulating from the inside, but also improvising outside. Well, and there was big plays inside the pocket too. Like yes. there's plays where I'm I'm thinking like he's gonna get the ball swiped. He's gonna get the ball swiped. And he kinda hangs in there, slides to the left with Neil's guys getting pressure, just good like vision on that, and then delivering, you know, throws down the field. Like there was multiple times where I'm like, here it comes, here it comes. It's gonna be a sack or or a strip sack. And no, it's like, nope, he manipulated that pocket just enough to uh you know, to to get the ball down the field. Um that you know, he was, that uh, that dot that he had to Richie James was incredible. I mean, that was a, that was a dot, and it's so rare to see Daniel Jones throw the ball kind of past the sticks, 10 yards down the field, 20 yards down the field. That was a 33-yard, I think it was a slot fade, basically, that, that it was, Richie They ran post-wheel. They, they ran post-wheel, and they finally, the wheel, they got on it. Kenny Galladay was the clear out, by the way. He kind of got those guys out of there and it gave Richie James separation. All that money is totally worth it. But that was an awesome throw. Uh, there was a couple Darius Slayton crosses over the middle of the field. There's one that went for 32 yards. There's uh, one that went for 22 yards um, very, very early. Uh, yeah, very, very early in the game. Um, and then you had an Isaiah Hodgins 29-yard play as well, which that – was that also a wheel play on the sideline that Hodgins ran, the 29-yard where he extended out? That was a slant and go. Which, slant and go. Which I, I knew was coming because they were hitting those slants and Peterson was getting driving in heavy on them, but they were just making it. And it was like – I was like – and they ran a lot of slants in this game. They've ran a lot of slants the past two weeks. And I was like, you got to run a slow go. You got to run a slow go. And then they come out and, and hit that slow go. Um, and this is part of what we've been asking and advocating for. Now, it's easier to do it against a Vikings pass defense that is the worst in the league in terms of yards allowed, right? It, 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 I'm glad that Mike Kafka and Brian Dable kind of opened up the playbook against a very inferior opponent. I can imagine it could be very easy to kind of just stick to your ways and be I'm conservative. I'm very glad they didn't do that. I'm very glad they didn't do that. But also, even against opponents that may be a little bit tougher against, you know, the Eagles, they have a really good pass defense, different story. But even next week against the Colts, let's try and do this again. Let's try and replicate this. Let's try and get these explosive plays when they're there. Let's try and run these crossers or even just the some of the tight window throws that Jones had to Hodgins and Richie James on these slants on first and second down that kind of kept the drive moving and kept the chains moving. There was a certain point where... The Giants didn't have a lot of third downs faced. I think on their Julian, was it their first half touchdown that they had? That that entire drive that they ran, they didn't face a single third down. That's awesome, awesome stuff. And it's created by Mike Kafka, Brian Dable, the game plan of kind of staying, trying to stay ahead of the sticks, not facing these third and longs. So then you have an opportunity for an opposing pass rush to start licking their chops. Yeah, again, like you said, throwing the ball on early downs. And if you want to get Saquon the ball early, like let him, you know, let him get to catch the ball, which we'll talk about Saquon's game. I love the way he used him. He was very efficient in this game. Um, you know, so again, two for two on 20 plus yards throws, you know, for 55 yards. It, it really is a shame or for sorry, over 60 yards like that. This game just goes for not because they lost but i am glad that they are putting again it is against the vikings passing off passing defense yes but like you mentioned 
that hasn't always been the case for the Giants to be like, okay, well, we're going to put this game in Daniel Jones' hands. You know, and what did we say going into the preview of the Commanders game? The, it's time for the put the offense in Daniel Jones' hands. They're not a good handoff team anymore. The play action is not working. Put it in Daniel Jones' hands. Let him throw from the shotgun on early downs. And that's shown the work. He's extremely efficient when throwing the ball 20-plus yards down the field, which I'll pull the stats up on that second. And he did his job outside of the interception. And in again, not every interception is created equal. Like, you know, you have the, what the hell are those, that interceptions? They, you have the bad decision, but I understand how you got baited into a bad decision. You have the right decision, but slightly inaccurate. And then you have the right decision, but totally misses by a mile and it goes over his head type throws. That, you know, that was the least worst type of interception that DJ had. Yeah. Uh, this is the first time in Daniel Jones's career where he had over 300 passing yards and at least a 75%. Actually, no, not, excuse me, not 75%. He had at least a 70% completion rate. Uh, Bobby, I think you're going to talk about 10 or more yards, air yards on certain attempts. Uh, Daniel Jones was 7 for 13 with the one interception when throwing for 10 or more yards down the field. And really, it's not even the completion rate. That's the story for me. It's just the fact that Daniel Jones did have 13 attempts that traveled 10 or more air yards um, in, in this game. And it was a good combo of tight window throws on some slants. And also it was a good combo of hitting guys deep like Richie James, Isaiah Hodgins, and including Darius Slayton on some of those crossers with some yards after the catch too. It was a good, it was a good mix of some different stuff that was working. Well, I was just going to put like the deep, like it, like we said with, he doesn't throw the ball deep very often, but it's like he almost always converts, you know, and it's essentially been like this for three years now. Yeah, since like 2020. This year, this year he is 10 for 22 on those. Now, that's not anywhere near enough. 10 for 22 on those. Last year that's he still was... A very, that's a high. That's still a high completion rate for oh, attempts, 20-plus yeah, like, yards down the field. Oh, yeah. He'll probably end up leading the league in completion percentage um, in it. Uh, last year he was 8 for 23. Um, not as good. And then 2020 was when he had like the highest passer rating doing it. Yeah. So yeah. it's like whenever they do let him do it, he he does it well. So, um, and I know. think today showed that you don't need to have the the best of personnel for it to happen. If you call the deep concepts, and also you know I don't know what's going on in the quarterback room, and if you challenge the quarterback, I mean, hey, hey, Bobby, there there may have been. Uh, a meeting between Brian Dable, Mike Kafka, Shea Tierney this week, the QB coach, maybe looking at that. Remember there was a play where you know he could have hit Isaiah Hodgins on Sunday Night Football? Maybe they're getting in Daniel Jones's grill saying, hey, man, you know we're not going to call these a lot. We're not going to call these deep concepts a lot. But when you see it here, you got to have the balls to pull the trigger. So there, that may have been a conversation point this week where, hey, we're going to call these deep concepts. We're going to call these plays that aren't necessarily just centered around guys getting solely wide open. We're going to try and give you the tools to be successful here. You got to hit Richie James. You got to hit Isaiah Hodgins. You got to hit Darius Slayton so he can get these yards after the catch. So that was a good job by DJ, man. It was just, you know, the, 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 some of the errors that weren't his fault. Daniel Bellinger fumbled, Richie James dropped, blocked punt. But the error that was his fault in the interception – um, you know, it, again, just by, a lot of stuff that bit us in the ass. Um, do you want to talk about Saquon or the receiver room? Because I think Saquon is like a more bigger conversation, but I think the receiving room we should talk about. I feel like that's just a, DJ. it's a natural transition. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about. So Isaiah Hodges, eight catches, 89 yards, a touchdown. Nice. Richie James, eight catches for 90 yards. Now we hate Richie James because he had that big drop. And then Slayton, four for 79. And. 
so I don't want to. I want this to sound right. So I Isaiah Hodgins, Justin. To me, he's not a piece going forward. I think this is this right now. This receiving room is proof of DJ elevating talent. Isaiah Hodgins was cut from the Buffalo Bills. Okay, he went. He made it to their practice squad a couple times without getting picked up. Now Hodgins does things well, and him being him, he is an addition to the Giants this season for the wide receiver room. Like picking him up was a big addition for the Giants because they're. Think about it. if he's not playing, Marcus Johnson is playing. Yeah. So he he is a big addition, and he does some things really well. Justin, he has great releases at the line of scrimmage. He knows like when he's working those double moves, like the one he had today, he knows how to sell those routes. Um, pretty safe and reliable hands too. Took some big hits. Has made some kind of tough catches. You know, going going underneath the ball, kind of digging it out. Um, you know, he's ran those those slant plays well. And he's come down with some catches. So safe, reliable hands. He's a he's a reliable, solid he's a roster piece player. going forward. He yeah. is a roster piece. He is, not, he is a not a piece. He is not a like, oh, we got ourselves a guy type thing. No, no. You know, like Darius Slayton is still clearly the best wide receiver on this team to me. Because Hodgins does all those things well, but he just can't get separation. You know, like every every kind of throw is 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 a tough one. And again, there's in and at least in this game when you know Patrick Peterson's playing on him. You know, you go back to the Eagles game and other games where he does have some really nice, like he has really good releases. Like he does the right things right well, and that's why he's going to be like he's going to last in the league for some time because he does that. He's going to be on rosters for a long time, um, but he's not like a wide receiver too, or he, like he's, to me, he's not a starting receiver on most teams because he just doesn't have the ability to separate. You no. know, like you can do all those things right, but at the end of the day, it's like athletic ability is a big part of it. So again, I, I like Hodgins. Glad, very glad he's on this team, but I think right now what he's doing is also like is a a big pat on the back to Daniel Jones too, because a lot of these throws are extremely tight throws. Okay, you know, like like good job catching them, Hodgins, but like DJ's having to put it on him perfectly, and we saw the one time he didn't put the ball on him perfectly. Um, interception, interception, because of his inability to separate, and uh, from from this from this game, Isaiah Hodgins had. An average separation of uh, 1.8 yards to the nearest defender on his targets, and if you're under two in the NFL, that's like bottom of the barrel worst you can be as a wide receiver when you qualify. And then I think Bobby, you know, you said that out of all wide receivers that qualified this week, Isaiah Hodgins averaged the third worst average separation to the nearest defender. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad Isaiah Hodgins. You know, had a had a solid game, had a career game, had that awesome sluggo catch where he extended out on the right on the right part of the sideline. But the 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 love we should be happy for Isaiah Hodgins that he's a piece for this year. But I'm not about to go as far to say Isaiah Hodgins wide receiver two, wide receiver three for you know 2023. Not not going that far. I don't think a lot of people are anyway. So that's more or less just a a social media reacting point. No, but again, I'm very, I, I am very glad he's on the team. But it's, it's just an example of DJ is doing this with these type of guys. Coaching too. I mean, I think co- co- I, Mike Kafka and Brian. Uh, Mike Kafka's been put through the ringer. When I think if you're going to put Mike Kafka, if you're going to throw Mike Kafka under the bus, I think Brian Dable needs to be thrown under the bus too. But people have been putting Mike Kafka through the ringer. I've seen crazy like Jason Garrett 2.0 things. I'm like we. Where was this hate for Jason Garrett in 2020 if we're already calling Mike Kafka in 2022 Jason Garrett? Um, anyway, but, you know, we've been putting Mike Kafka through the ringer a little bit. 
when I think he also deserves, you know, and Brian Dable, they deserve some love for, you know, what they were able to do today in the passing game because we just haven't seen the Giants be able to move the ball through the air like this. And they would have put up more points if it wasn't some for some player execution issues. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've, they've done it. So they adjusted very well in season. And then, like you said, teams caught up with what they're doing. These last two weeks are another. They've added. They are. This is another example of this team, of this coaching staff being willing to adjust. Was it maybe a week or two a little later than we wanted? Yeah, but they did adjust, and you know they got a win versus Washington, and then uh, this really good offensive game outside of players screw ups uh, versus the Vikings. Um, Take one. Yeah, and then Slayton. You know he had some big. Slayton would have had a hundred yards um, if DJ missed him on that first drive on that on that comeback route. I will yes, so that's actually a really good point. I didn't write this down. There were two bad plays that DJ had this game. It was the interception and then, you know, the se- the second one being that first drive of the game. Darius Slayton ran a comeback route. He was open and Daniel Jones just really airmailed him. Um so yeah, I will say that was a bad that was a bad Daniel Jones play and the drive could have kept going. Right. Um Saquon. So they've stopped forcing it with Saquon Barkley. Like, he had 14 carries in this game when the game was tight all game long. Um, now, the Vikings played from two high coverages and light boxes. Um, but honestly, that that's more inviting for the Giants to be like, okay, we'll just hand the ball to Saquon like 30 times because I play of light boxes. We're just going to keep pounding the run. And they didn't do that. He averaged six yards per carry. Obviously, had that 27-yarder to you know at the end of the game to score that touchdown, which was really nice. Made the safety miss in the open field. Um, but even if you took that one away, he still averaged over four yards per carry. Um, and this is what makes it a really good, not a, it's not his best game ever, but like a really efficient game, even though we're not talking about Saquon much and we're talking about Daniel Jones. It was the swing passes. That. They are involving him in the receiving game, Justin, which again, through the swing passes, and that's letting him get one-on-one in the open field with guys and, and make guys miss, get around the corner. You saw the... The one time where it should have been like, oh, that should have been a one-yard loss. He put his shoulder down and turned it into a three-yard gain yeah. and turned it into second and seven instead of second and 11, which is a huge, huge difference. So they're getting him involved in the receiving game. Uh, you know, they gave him a, a choice route that he caught. Still not the best route runner, but nonetheless, you get him in a mismatch on and the And he still also do doesn't well. have great hands, which, which bothers me too. It's like, dude, can, can we just have like a... Can we just have like a clean catch? <laughs> there was one where he like went to the ground and he and he bobbled it. I'm like, did you drop it? No, he didn't. He didn't drop it though. But even even on the ground, because I, I do want to talk about him as a receiver too. As I know, there's been a like you can look at Saquon Barkley only getting 14 attempts, and you can be saying, well, you know, the Giants threw the ball a, a lot more than they should have, and a lot of people like to point to the stat of when the Giants run the ball less than 30 times, they you know they they always lose the game. Saquon Barkley on the ground today had uh, averaged 1.84, 1.84 rushing yards over expected per attempt with a very, very good efficiency rating according to Next Gen. And if you have a low efficiency number, if your efficiency number is low, that means that you're a north-south runner. What do we want Saquon Barkley to do? We want Saquon Barkley to be a good north-south runner. He was a good north-south runner against the Commanders last week, and then when he was bad over his like month stretch in, in November... Uh, he had a very, very high efficiency number. He was not being a good north-south runner. Um, so I think those things are not only correlated, they're causated together. But why I'm not going to look at this game and say, oh, I feel like Saquon Barkley, they should have handed the ball off more. Because I love, part of the reason why I love throwing the ball in early downs, and I will say it over and over and over again, if done correctly, 
if done correctly, when you throw the ball in early downs, it can turn into an extension of the running game. And it could be, you know, against the commanders, it was those little out routes to Darius Slayton that were available and that were open. This game, it was... I felt the Vikings were being a little bit of aggressive. They were blitzing. They were trying to take advantage of a bad offensive line. Okay, you know, we're not going to leave Saquon Barkley in here to block. We're going to run him out on the swing pass. And that is the equivalent to a running play. And if anything, giving Saquon Barkley a swing pass gives him more space and room to operate to get yards after the catch, makes guys miss in the open field, and just overall is a much more efficient choice on first down rather than just running it up the middle. Do you agree? Um, I won't say it's always a more efficient choice, but well, just I, passing I on first down say, gives you more options. I didn't besides say always. Trust, just trusting. But with like he had 14 carries in this game. His two worst carries, I went through all the carries. Like, okay, two that you can call unsuccessful. Two that you could call unsuccessful. A first and 10 run that was three yards in, in second and seven, which is not the most, that's not crazy unsuccessful. Right. You know? But it's like if you're running on first down, you want to get four yards. But so that's one. And, and this is an example of being a, the second one was a second and five for zero yards. So other than that, every single run would be charted as successful. Now a successful run could be a third and one that goes two yards and gets the first down. Right. But every other run besides those two were successful. Uh, I have a runs. question. Was the second and five run that led to a third and five? Did that directly yes. lead to the Ricky Richie James drop? Yes. There yes. you go. All right. Yes. Never run the ball. No, I'm kidding. Um, kidding. Don't freak out. Um, Another thing that I like today, by the way, about the running game. One of the reasons why we were calling for more deep concepts as well, because you know, they didn't really do that against Washington. They were throwing the ball a lot in early downs, but we wanted more deep concepts. You saw the deep concepts, and then Daniel Jones had a couple, two or three 10-plus yard rushing plays that because he had the deep concepts that are pulling linebackers, pulling safeties, pulling corners down the field, Daniel Jones has a lot of room and area to run, which is another benefit of calling deep concepts. There you go. And he put, and he put a shoulder through somebody on that on that one drive, which was mm. got, got me a little jazzed up. Got you right, jazzed do, up. Do you have anything else? on? I, we spent a lot of time on the offense. Do you have anything else on it? I, I kind of want to talk about the offensive line and particularly – Evan Neal. So I want to talk about that a little more in the mailbag. In fact, I've been repeating myself very much with the Evan Neal on the O-line report. So I'm good. I have been teasing it. I'm going to ask and try and get a guest on to talk about it with Evan Neal. Um, and this guy might end up being a pro, Bowl, pro like a Hall of Fame left tackle. So we'll see. We'll see. Oh, can, I'm I, can I guess the initials? Um. Yeah, I mean, you know the initials, so you're not guessing. I do. Um, A.W. are the initials. We'll see. We'll, I'm not going to say his name because if we don't get him on, that means he said no, and I don't want to make him look like a bad guy. Um, make you look like a fool. Neil's getting beat the same way every single time. He can't get out of his stance. Like We talked the, the, about it in camp. That, we talked about it in camp. <laughs> and he's just getting to his third step and opening up his hips. And part of me is like, let him vertical set vertically. You know, but it's also like when he's set vertically, there is like a, like he does get his inside shoulder attack too, but his inside shoulder like as much as I think like he should be playing in vertical sets, it's also like dude, you got to get to your third step too. Get you out know? of your stance. <laughs> yeah, like fire out of your stance and get to that third step because once that happens, he's fine. You know, he's not perfect. He's not Andrew Thomas, but he's fine. But it's like you got you got to get there man you got it you got to put it you got to have it beat into your head and again it's a lot easier for me saying this on a freaking podcast than going out there and late facing live bullets first and a Zadarius Smith like I get it man I really do 
but we it's just like that's got to be like get you got to get to your third step get to your third step i mean that's got to be like his point of practice and i know they're not practicing very hard in season especially at this point of the season so it's you know it's more scheme stuff but that's just in the in the off season that's gonna have to be like fire out of stance get out of your stance go 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 get to that third step get to that third step like it's got to get beaten into into you to get to that third step yeah i i know we i know we disagree on this and i know we disagreed on this and i and i don't want to i don't want to get into a debate because i don't i don't really care but i I got to a point today where I thought to myself, and this is emotional game reaction stuff. I thought they should have pulled Evan Neal. I thought they should have pulled him. And I know True. that that's wrong. Tyree Phillips, Matt Parrott. I mean, I would have Tyree Phillips. I mean, if, if Tyree Phillips, that's that's the first the first guy that I that I went to because it was just it was just a disaster. Dude's getting turned around. Um, it was flat out disaster. And again, probably emotional fan reaction, but I guarantee I wasn't the only one thinking it. So. Yeah, you just can't bench Evan Neal if you're. I'm not going to bench him for the rest of the season, but I just thought like today it just got to a point where it was so bad that I I just I couldn't watch it anymore. Could not watch it anymore. Um, yeah, don't bench Evan Neal though. All right, let me read an ad and we'll talk about the defense. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this season. I love it. I freaking love it. By the way, we've been on a hot streak with our spread picks. Um, the Cowboys screwed me over. Like, they, the Eagles should have covered that. Uh, by the way, Justin, I don't want to say it, but, man, it must be nice to play quarterback for the Eagles. It's just... <laughs> They have five like really good offensive linemen. They have AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, who I knocked out. A really good running game. Mm. It's just must be you know they threw for over three hundred passing yards today versus like the number one passing defense in the NFL. Must be nice right and now. Garner, yeah, Gardner Minshew stole two interceptions. Devontae Smith had an awesome, awesome game. Right now, you know, proving my point. Devontae Smith, awesome game. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets in which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. I saw... So I followed a couple of, you know, Talking Giants listeners this week. And one of them, like, did a part. Like, he basically hit the overs on, like, all the Giants props for on offense. And, like, won, like, over $2,000 on a $10 Whoa. bet. Look at that. Win money. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code JOHNBOY. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code JOHNBOY. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Julian in thinks he's a oh in Indiana one eight one eight hundred nine with, with it. it. Julian thinks he's a betting be whiz, and he didn't win anything. I'm over five hundred on the season, by the way. Good for you. Let's talk about the last play, the Justin Jefferson screen pass. Oh joy! So you know, like it's a very easy thing to do to come on a podcast or radio, and radio loves to do this. Hindsight, and it it doesn't work. Like, dude, you cannot blitz there. Like, you just can't blitz there. 
But then it's like, well, it's worked in a lot of other spots. Like, we don't beat the Packers without blitzing the shit out of Aaron Rodgers on the last two drives. But if it didn't work, it'd be like, you can't blitz Aaron Rodgers. He's too good. Um, But that being said, Justin, they needed 17 yards to have a chance. Like, it was a third and 11. And, like, a first down doesn't do anything for them if they get ele- if they get 10 or if they get 11 yards, right? You know, because they only had, they had one time for one more play and then to be able to, uh, to clock it. Um, so part of me is like, of course, like they got, and they got a sack the previous play, Landon Collins sack. Part of me is like, man, sit back a little. Like, sit back a little. And, and again, he didn't actually run an all-out blitz. He just showed the threat of an all-out blitz. Right. And they ran the screen versus it. And then, you know, Justin Jefferson does Justin Jefferson things. um, And, you know, they're able to kick a 61-yard field goal. So, I've been going back and forth in my head. Like, do I criticize that? Because, again, if it works. But it's it's you're not going to get the ball back to the offense, even if you do get a play there. And if I think if you sit back in some type of zone, you know... uh. Cover two man, maybe, which they've run a little bit. I just think you hold them to less than 17 yards. And and it's like, is, is Kirk Cousins going to throw that throw? You know, is he going to take that chance unless it's it's right there? Um, But you can also look at this, Justin, and say, yeah, well, guess what? There was other times they like, you know, the, the Justin Jefferson touchdown. They played they played two man. They had the safety over the top. They run a post. So Yeah, they had you, Justin Jefferson covered on that, on that touchdown. Double covered. Yeah. So it's like uh, it, there's they very well may have gotten it regardless, but part of me is like, man, it's just it's kind of too much at that point where it's like you don't need a stop, you just need them to not get a big play, and you've been vulnerable to the screen and they block it really. I mean, they block it really well. We've seen screens be an issue for the Giants defense this year, and you just knew they were going to make that field goal. Yeah, I, I you you said I knew he made the field goal as soon as it left his boot. Uh, I knew he was going to make the field goal as soon as Justin Jefferson was tackled. I'm like, oh, that that's that's just it. Um, there was a third and ten, which was the Justin Jefferson touchdown. There was a third and nine, and a third and eleven were the last three third downs the Vikings faced in the game. They converted all of them. Um, the Vikings were, I think, six for thirteen. Yeah, on six for thirteen, and they six- were all big. Every conversion was a huge one too. Yeah, they they were 6 for 13 on third downs and part of what really made the Giants defense pretty solid to very good in the early part of the game is that they got the Vikings into third and long situations and they were getting off the field. I mean, the Giants defense that has been really really bad on first and second down this year was forcing the Vikings into some third and long situations and even with Fabian Moreau covered covering Justin Jefferson, they were doing enough to get off the field and then you know the conversions that the Vikings had man were they big like I said the last three third downs um you know one of them resulted in a touchdown uh the third and nine kept that drive alive when the game was tied and then the third and 11 gave the Vikings the win with that you know 61 yard field goal that followed so I guess the question is what what would you do right what do you do in that third and 11 situation I mean you you line up in some quarters coverage and Jefferson just gets free reign to work on the sideline you know, you. I don't know if there's a good answer, man. I I really don't know if there's a good answer when you look at the Giants' personnel and and pe- people like to act like just running zone defense is automatically going to fix 
Justin Jefferson not being given the ball or this guy not being open. Like no. it's not it's not a magic wand and it's not a snap of the finger where running zone defense is just going to stop whatever an offense is trying to do. I mean, the difference in zone defense is that you're covering a man in grass in a certain area versus man coverage. You're just covering the man. I mean, you're no matter what, you're still covering football players. It's just how you're doing it in the different way that you're doing it. So I, I don't know, man. I, I really I really don't know. I thought that for the majority of the game, they were doing an OK job with those screens. Uh, am I am I wrong? I don't think they were getting killed on it. They no, they killed. did. They did well on. And again, like they. So they lined all those guys up, and then they dropped back in the coverage. Right. But they just blocked it up like perfectly. Yeah. Um, and then Jefferson's so fast that he was able to to just kill it. Um, so, yeah, that's why I'm not – I wanted to come on. But it's like, you know what? Like, you know, whenever this team has sat back in zone, they struggled too. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and, and so – but it, it, the D held the Vikings to 10 points through the th- first three quarters. But let me just say this too, and I hate – to repeat this, and the people that hate that I repeat this, you're going to hate me again. The Giants win this game with the Dory Jackson and Xavier McKinney. They win oh, this game. No, and you keep saying it. Keep saying it. You have a Dory Jackson, you win this game. Yeah. Xavier McKinney probably win this game. That might shut down that post route by Jefferson for the touchdown. Yep. Um, Fabian Moreau covering Justin Jefferson, or was it Darnate? No, it was, it was Fabian, right? On the Justin Jefferson touchdown? Yeah, it was Fabian. Fabian Moreau and Jason Pedock. That is typically Xavier McKinney and Adoree Jackson. Yep. Two things that just flat out should not have happened. And what's they held it? They held him the ten points through three quarters. Justin, it was awesome. And then Cordell Flott has the interception. He drops, and that turns into a touchdown. Uh that drive and like that. Sh- that- when Flood caught that ball and went to commercial break, you're like, I right, scored three points in the game. Woo! So. It's like huge. We finally get an interception, the fifth interception. And I also feel like uh, uh, Nick McLeod dropped an interception the first drive. That didn't really matter since it was a bad punt and it gave us better field position. Anyway, yeah, that didn't make I felt, a difference. I felt Kirk Cousins could have easily had three interceptions on this game because he. I don't think Kirk Cousins was awesome. It's just, oh, wow, he has Justin Jefferson. Um, <laughs> you know? I thought Kirk Cousins could have had three interceptions this game, and they they somehow freaking sneak out a win because that's what the Vikings do. Yeah, they, they have Justin they, Jefferson. They score a touchdown off of that, and then they get a touchdown off of a the block punt. By but, but, but hold on to to the credit of the punt team, our special teams coordinator is very well respected within the building. Yeah, he may he may even get a head coaching job soon. Um, Listen, I the guess. guy's nice to the media. He's very well respected. Somehow he's he suckered the organization into loving him. I don't know. I, I honestly hate. I get it. Like I hate hating on Thomas McGahey, and I don't know how to evaluate special teams. But I, I also am like, well, your special team units are like disadvantages consistently. So who's to blame? You know, I feel like the person that's mad at the O line coach without knowing what the O line coach is doing. But I'm mad. I'm mad that our special teams just suck. Well, it just it costs you games and it costs you points. Uh, th- flat out, when my, when our special teams, special teams shouldn't be, it should be a net negative, and I mean, I if it's a net positive, awesome. But special teams, at its worst, should be a net negative in a game. I don't want to come on a podcast. You mean a net and, neutral? 
net net negative, I guess, is a just net neutral. I guess that is that the correct phrase. I think I used no, to that know, would right? be it's negative. Net, net negative, negative? And negative are the same thing. Julian, do st- do- doctor up my words there, will you? A net negative would be would be like you made a positive a play, but the negative down. plays were more harmful hmm. than the positive plays. Hmm. Net neutral. I knew what you were saying though. Like yeah, I, I, people I, here's what a, here's what a net negative would be. Be like. Daniel Jones threw four deep passes that were completed for 100 yards, but two. But then he had two interceptions. Like this, the deep passing was a net negative. Net negative. All you right. So this is this is exactly why. Do not make me talk about special teams because I will screw it up. Yeah, you, you meant like a neutral. Um, net neutral. I don't want to talk about special teams. Um, but and every again, week I feel like we are a block punt. So Stupid now the defense was solely reliant again on the front and they did a they did a, a good job you know um now they only run zone run and that was like we got some hope against them uh the rushing defense had 81 gave up 81 yards on 18 carries which is four and a half yards a pop but still like the rushing game didn't like kill us you know and like cook like cook had 18 yards on that first drive you know and they ended up uh punting after that he you know after or not 18 yards he had an 18 yard run on it he had 13 carries for 46 yards for the rest of the game, three and a half. They had 18 carries, Justin. We had six tackles for a loss. So a third of their carries went for negatives. You know, we talked about it. It's like we need the front to be dominant on the interior, and that's what it was. You know, uh, Leonard Williams, two tackles for a loss. Dexter Lawrence, a tackle for a loss. Aziz Ojolari, a tackle for a loss. You know, our front needed to make those tackles for losses and negative plays. And, and, and also in the passing game, they had 11 QB hits in this game. Yeah, and that's did. exactly what they did. You know, and that's kind of the identity of this Giants defense uh, now anyways. Landon Collins tackle for loss. Jalen Smith back. Great game tackle for loss. I don't want to go that far. It was very curious to see. I know the Vikings don't fully trust their run game, but there was a third and three that they had and I don't I, there there was a lot of third and shorts that the Vikings had third and three there was a two third and ones in a row there was a third and three there was a fourth and two um the only time that I really remember them converting like a third and short when they were running the ball is when Kirk Cousins did a QB sneak which QB sneaks like most of the time just work anyway so there were a lot of third and shorts and the Vikings were running these play action boots they were running these plays like kind of long developing plays where Kirk Cousins was dropping back and the Giants did a good job of stopping those getting QB hits Jihad Ward this might be a career high for him three QB hits there was one where he leveled leveled Kirk Cousins and I'm shocked it wasn't called for a flag but Hottie uh had Hottie had some fun QB hits in there also had a pass deflection there were six pass deflections this game yeah Aziz Ojolari. Now Aziz Ojolari is hurt again. Ugh. He only he like he barely played in this game, Justin. He had a sack, a hit, a tackle for a loss. And his sack was on Christian Darisaw, by the way, too, who's yeah. a really like a really good left tackle. In fact, he was wrongly voted ahead of Dan- uh, Andrew Thomas for Pro Bowl this year. Um and you know, he got his sack on him. He had the hit, the tackle for, like he is taking a step forward, but it's like he now, now he can't he just can't get on the field now. Yeah, I think Aziz has six games this year, but there's an asterisk with the six games. He's played only 59% of the snaps in the five games before this one. I don't know how many snaps he played this game, but he only played a half because he missed the entire second half of the Minnesota game. So through the five games that he's played before today, 
He's only played in 59% of the snaps. Um, and he's on a tear this year. So six games, five and a half sacks, seven QB hits, and three tackles for loss. Aziz had a tackle for loss today. I think he had one QB hit and one sack. So it, it is a shame that uh, one of the biggest regrets of this year is us just being robbed of the Aziz Ojolari second year breakout year. Like we we have been totally robbed of it. And I, I kind of I, I kind of hope I don't know how bad the ankle injury is, whatever. I hope it's not a high ankle sprain, but um, I hope he's back for Indianapolis, but I don't want him playing the majority of the snaps unless we like fully need him. Like rest this guy up, get him ready for, you know, the P word playoffs. I mean, he's basically had like a little over a quarter of the snaps that he had um, last year. And, you know, he's got, you know, five and a half sacks, uh, you know, seven, yeah. seven QB hits, three tackles for loss. You know, he's been, He's been a playmaker for them, um, and it's just he can't stay on the field, which is pretty frustrating. And then robbed. Is is there anything else on on defense you want to talk about? You know, and and here's the thing: is Wink wasn't just like blitzing nonstop all game. You know, like he liked the Commanders game, played from two high shells, played a lot of zone D. Like they did a lot of different things. Their plan was diverse. They mixed it up a ton. It's just when it came down to nut crunching time, that's when Wink's like, "All right, I'm coming after your ass." And I'm forcing you to make a play. Um, Which Kirk Cousins did make some bad throws under under duress. There was one nutso throw. I think it was the first third down conversion of that final drive. There was a nutso throw where... Justin Jefferson on the out route? Yeah, that was like a... Damn, that's just a really, really good throw. But Kirk Cousins was making more of the bad throws when he was under pressure than he was like those nutso insane throws. So I guess that's why you pay... A quarterback, uh, a lot of money, and I guess that's why you also have Justin Jefferson on your team, and you know that's why you're the number two seed in the NFC. I'm going to be very salty that the Vikings have Justin Jefferson, and that's one of the sole reasons why they're the number two seed in the NFC. So to play them, we'd either need them to get to the three seed or somehow go to the seven seed, right? Yeah, yeah. Or- I, I want them again. I want them again. Me too. I mean, I don't want the 49ers. That's for damn sure. Uh, I do not want to play San Francisco at all, um, but um, but then you could be like, well, Wink could freaking cause hell for Brock Purdy. You know, it's like, who do you rather face, Brock Purdy or Kirk Cousins in a playoff game? I just, I just don't want to. I don't want to face Kyle Shanahan. That's that's who I don't want to face. And also, uh, T.J. Yeah. Hawkinson had the game of his life too. So that that's another. You know, you talk about 49ers, They have Kittle. You know, oh, that some... catch he had for the touchdown was on third down. That was an insane concentration through that catch. Yeah, Kurt, ballsy throw by Kirk Cousins to put that in there, and just right over Darnay and uh, and Julian Luff. Like both those guys, I think both those guys got like a fingerprint, a fingertip on the ball, and he was able to concentrate and pull that in. It was nuts, so yeah. Um, I thought Dex had a really good game. I'm curious to see how many pressures they give him because they only gave him one QB hit. He did have a pass deflection as well. I thought he was everywhere, just everywhere, just causing havoc. Um, So Dex had a really good game again. I need to watch the film on it, but Landon Collins, I mean, four tackles, a sack, a QB hit, a tackle for loss, and then that pass deflection it was huge. on third down earlier in the game versus TJ Hawkinson. Huge. Like that was, you know, forced, forced a punt. Um, you know, and he had like the the play before the Justin Jefferson screen was a landing call and sack, which made it like, you know, like they needed 17 yards to make that a 61 yard field goal, 
Well, before that Landon Collins sack, they had two plays to get 10 yards, you know, and Landon Collins forces them back, you know, and, and that could be like a, a hero play. And they end up it not should have getting, been, should have been getting it. Um, all right. Do you have that anything? Play, else? That play in coverage was really good too, because that was the main critique of Landon Collins. Like when he was in New York and when he was in Washington, is that he's not good in coverage. So that's why that was so surprising and good. Yeah. Kirk Cousins took a little off that ball too, where it gave him some ability to adjust, but nonetheless, he did make a play on the ball, which is good. Um, anything else before we talk about playoff picture and stuff? No, I, I, I want these assholes again. Me too. So with the way that it's currently set up for the Giants right now, so they still are the sixth uh, seed in the, in, in the playoffs for the NFC. Um, and so the commanders are one full game back. Sorry, let me pull up. Pulled up the wrong tweet. Mm. The commanders are, are a full game back. The Seahawks and Lions are a game and a half back. And then the Packers, we haven't watched that game yet, but they could be also be a game and a half back if they beat the Dolphins. So for the Giants to make the playoffs, here's what they gotta do. Win one game, beat the Colts, and you are in you are locked into the playoffs. That's all they need to do is win one game. If they lose out, they need two of those four teams to to or, or, or I guess three out of those four teams to lose out. You know, with uh or to not sorry, not to not, to not win not, out. To not to win not win out. out, yeah. So if they lose both their games and then the Lions and the Seahawks both go two and oh, out of the playoffs. If Washington and the Seahawks go uh two and oh, out of the playoffs. If if Washington goes two and oh, the Giants go oh and two, and those other teams only uh you know lose one game, they are in the playoffs. So we're in the, we're in. It's the Giants are essentially in the playoffs. Like it would take a pretty big choke job for them to miss out on this. Control your own destiny. I would love to celebrate at MetLife Stadium next week. Um, and go to the Candlewick Diner after the game with uh, the 15 people that RSVP. When I tweet out that link on Monday, I would love to uh go to the Candlewick and celebrate the Giants clinching a playoff berth in a game that they are supposed to win against. Jeff Saturday's Indianapolis Colts as Bobby Skinner has a sneezing fit. I'm going to watch this. Yeah. Um, can we talk about playoff event? Cause we kind of have to at this point. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about it. So you can, you know, I said like, you know what? We have no impact on the play. Cause I part of me wanted to not be like put out, like we're going to have a playoff event and then we miss the playoffs, but you know what? If we miss the playoffs, who gives a shit about us screwing up a pl- that? Um, so we are going to have a playoff event um, in New York City. I won't say the 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 place Location. right now, but it's it's in it's in New York City. Yep. We're gonna sell tickets this week. I believe we're gonna put tickets on sale. Uh, we'll figure out a price. I would like to make them. So I want to figure out are are people gonna be buying drinks at the place, or is it gonna be like they pay one fee? you know, to get in, they get a shirt and and then they have free drinks. So we'll figure that out. And we will put all that information. Odds are, maybe it'll be like a Google form, whatever. We will try and put all that information in whatever you click on that RSVP link. We'll put that in there. If you got to buy drinks, how much everything is. So we'll, we'll try and do that. I think we might make it available to our Patreon first, just to see, to see what the demand is. Like, is the, does it fill up in a day or not? Um, sign up to be a Patreon member if you want to be. So and, and, if, and if obviously if the Giants don't make the playoffs, we will give you a refund on it. Um, <laughs> but 
I think come out to that. It's gonna. It's. I think it's gonna be great. And if you guys don't come out to it, and there's not a lot of people, we're gonna look we'll, really. We'll stupid. look very bad. We don't, and we don't. We don't want to look bad. So we may lose um, our jobs. We may. And, you and, never and know. It would be the most embarrassing thing that's happened to me in like uh, like years. Yeah. Since this is like, a really. It, it's like this Bobby. Place, you got kicked out of college. No one showed up to your event. Like it's mm, right there. Those two equivalent, huh? Um. Trying to say something. What funny. would it? What would it be? Is it like a watch party at a at a bar? Watch, basically? watch party at a bar. The so you, the place looks pretty dope. It's it's dope. It's the dopest of dope. Great view. Great New York City view. Great um, view. And so I was looking up the name of this place, and it's like kind of like a pop, it's kind of popping. Where it's like, are they just going to let us take it over? Like that may that'd be crazy. They may. They may let us take over. We may destroy the floor. Like destroy the whole Oh, I, floor I might jump off the building. Yeah. Like I, I'm I'm if if we win, I'm jumping in the in the pool. Like that's a guarantee. There is a pool. Like they, they may tell us, like, do no one's allowed in the pool, do not no go in the pool. No one's allowed. I'm gonna be like, okay, okay. And I'm gonna jump in the pool if we win. There and if we go. lose, we'll throw Julian in. Sounds good. Julian, you coming up? Yeah, I'll be there. Wow. Unless we play the Bucks. And it's here, then I kind of... Yeah, we're not playing the Bucks. I think we're mathematically eliminated from playing the Bucks. We are mathematically eliminated from playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's a nice view, and there's also Bobby Skinner. How do you like that? How about that? How about that? All right, so anything else? uh, And then also, like I... uh, This is a tiny note, but uh, I'll be putting out the RSVP link to the Candlewick Diner. Yeah, we got a lot of people asking about that. Talking Giants. So I'm worried that I got to ask Manny... Um, about how many people he think you know he can he can fit. So right now I'm saying 15. It could be more. Probably not going to be less. But I'll put out that link. RSVP. It's free. It's free. Well, maybe you should do some like time, like kind of like five dollar buy-in, just so you don't get people RSVPing that aren't going to actually go. That is true. Like, so that is true. Um, very very true. But the meal will be free. I got a budget from John Boy Media. How do you like that? I was told you have this amount of budget for how this much? event. I don't want to say. Text it to me. I'll text wanna, it to you. Text it to me, and I want to see if it co- like right now. I want to find out is it enough to cover it. And you I'll can do like a, a couple dollar buy-in to prevent people from just signing up, and then that can just be the tip. Yeah, that's actually a good idea. Like five dollar buy-in, and that and that is ends up being the tip. Okay, there you go. So like to, to RSVP, you got a Venmo. I got a, I got a, or oh, Venmo, the v, Venmo can work. Yeah. Yeah. I think that should cover it. So after the, so after the Colts game, go to the Candlewick. Well, you have to sign up. Then you go to the Candlewick diner. There you go. All right. All right. That's an events. episode. I'm, I'm jealous. I kind of want I, I almost want to just fly up for that, but I'm not going to. Um, like I almost flew, I almost flew up for the last game of, of last year, the $4 tickets versus the commanders. Was very close to doing that. All right, we appreciate you guys. We'll be back on Wednesday for a mailbag, online report, film review, all that good stuff. Um, we'll see you then. Until then, let's go big blue.